You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. We are using a good number of the podcast episodes this month to reinforce good Bible study skills. I'm encouraging our church family to read the Word, to submit to the Word, but I also want to equip our church family with some of the skills and tools that you're going to need to be good interpreters of the Word. In other words, I would love for our church family to be able to accurately understand the message of the Bible so that whatever passage you're interpreting, you'll come out in a reasonable place with a good understanding of what the Bible is talking about. So today, let's dive into another step in the right direction. I want to talk today about making sure you hear the Bible speak twice. Uh, That sounds like a funny thing to say, but what I mean is I want you to understand what the Bible meant when it was written. Some of the passages that you're going to read are 2,000 years old. Some of them are 3,000 years old. Some of them are older than that. I want you to understand what Moses most likely meant when he wrote the book of Exodus and what the Israelites would have most likely understood the first time they heard it or read it. So that's the first time the Bible speaks, in my opinion. I want us to understand what the original authors meant when they wrote it. But second, I want you to hear the Bible speak in the here and now. I want the Bible to speak to you. I do believe that the Bible is living and active because it's the Word of God. I think that the Holy Spirit can have an experience with you so that God can teach you and show you things through what you read in the Word. I know that in my life, I've had plenty of experiences where I'm reading the Word of God and I specifically feel as if God shows me something or says something to me, uh, shapes my soul by what I read. So the second time you hear the scripture will be what it means for us today. So in other words, to simplify, I want us to first understand what the Bible meant in its original setting, and then second, I want us to understand what it means to us today. My suggestion as your pastor is that one of those without the other one is less than what we need. So I would like to frame that up for us today so that we can explore it. All right, so let's say, for instance, that you are terrific at understanding the original setting of the Bible. You do the history. You love to explore the social context. You dig for the meaning of the words in their original culture. And so for you, you explore the Bible in its historical setting, and you're really great at knowing what Moses most likely meant, or what Samuel most likely meant, or what Jeremiah or Paul the Apostle most likely meant in their historical context. But you don't listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit today. You don't try to apply the text or understand how God would have you learn from what was written years ago and live faithfully for Jesus today. Well, what would be the mistake if you hear the first voice of Scripture, its historical voice, but you don't hear the fresh word from God, the the modern day application, the voice of God when you read? What would be the problem? 
Well, for me, you would grow a lot in head knowledge, but you wouldn't change your heart. You would be in danger of becoming a religious hypocrite, someone who is legalistic or judgmental. Or worse, there are Bible teachers around the country today who are not even Christians, but they teach the Bible really well because they're great at Greek, they're great at Hebrew, you know, they study the Old Testament settings and the New Testament settings, and so they are able to do the historical work of interpreting the Bible really, really well. They'll spend years of their life uh, earning degrees that give them access to a wealth of knowledge and ancient texts. And the result is they've got tons of head knowledge, but somewhere between their, their childhood and now, they've stopped believing in Jesus or never did. And so as a result, they can, they can tell you the historical meaning of texts, but they have no interest in the modern meaning. That's an example to me of somebody who hears the first voice but doesn't care to listen to the second voice. And so for you and I, that would be totally unacceptable because we are reading the scriptures to connect with Jesus. If we're not becoming disciples, if we're not learning to follow Christ today, well then reading your Bible was just a religious exercise or in the example I gave a moment ago, only an academic exercise. And we would all say that is not what we want. We want to be able to hear the voice of God shaping our soul, speaking to us through the word of scripture today. When we read about something that King David experienced 3,000 years ago and read that passage, we want to still hear the voice of God in it and allow God to shape our lives today. So we agree that hearing the historical voice of scripture without hearing the contemporary voice today that wouldn't be enough for us. But let's flip the tables and talk about why it would be wrong to do it the other way. So what if our only interest was to hear the Spirit of God speak to us through the Scripture today? We want to know what this text means for me today, but we have no interest at all in what the text meant when it was originally written. We're, we're not interested in that at all. We're not going to even take a moment to think about the historical setting, the historical author. We don't care what was going on for Jeremiah and his world. We just want to read the text and let it say whatever it wants to say to us today. In theory, that sounds fine because if God's Spirit is going to speak to me today, I want to obey him. But the truth is that in practice, I think that approach is open to sabotage. And let me tell you why I think that. Sometimes it's difficult for people to discern between God's voice and their own ideas. And so if we don't care about the historical voice of scripture, then basically we are recklessly running headlong in running the risk of allowing ourselves to make scripture mean whatever we want it to mean. More often, we're going to bring our own responses to the text. Isn't it amazing how people can read the same Bible and continue to disagree about what it says? They can argue uh, over what a text is telling us or what a passage is supposed to mean. And what if everybody's opinion was even? And we all came into the room and said, no, I think this is what it means. And another person said, no, I think this is what it means. And they're diametrically opposed 
in what their interpretation is. Well, who would be right? Or do we have to just continue to split the church? Well, this is where the historical voice of Scripture provides direction, guidance, and boundaries. So this is the this is the the statement I think that makes the most sense to me. Some of my professors and teachers and other Bible scholars will say this, and I think it makes tons of sense. Listen to me. The Bible will not mean today what it did not mean in the past. In other words, the Bible, or some people will say the Bible cannot mean today something that it did not mean when it was originally written. In, in other words, the Bible itself provides interpretive boundaries within which I can hear the Spirit of God speak, but I do not have authority over the text. Instead, the text has authority over me. And so the boundary that the Bible provides for me is that I can't walk up to the text and make it mean anything that I want. Instead, I want to understand what the text meant when it was originally written. And then I'll have a proper perspective to apply it to my life today, to hear the voice of God as he presses his finger down on one more place in my soul that needs to be shaped into the image of Jesus, forgiveness or generosity or mercy or pride, whatever it is that he is pressing today, I'll be able to understand it correctly if I've heard the historical voice of scripture, understood what it meant when it was written, and then I am free to explore it and understand what it means for me today. So today what I want to encourage the church with is that as you read the Bible, I want you to be asking two clear questions. The first one, what did this passage most likely mean when the original author wrote it down under the inspiration of the Spirit of God to be read and heard by original readers who were listening under the influence of the Spirit of God? That's the first question. What did it originally mean? And the second question will be, so, now, today, what do I do about that? What does this specifically mean in my context, in my life? Well, over the next few weeks, I'll try to give you some tips for both. But most of the tips that I have are to help us as modern readers try to understand how to understand what the scripture meant when it was originally written. With those tools, we'll be equipped to close the gap of understanding. And a lot of the passages that we're going to read will begin to come to life for us and make sense to us in a fresh new way. We'll become better readers of the Bible. But today I want to set forth this principle. Make sure you hear both voices. What did the text mean when it was originally written? And what is God saying to me through the text today? Church family, I love you. I hope that you become a terrific reader of the Bible. Even better, I hope that you love and treasure its words, that you submit to its authority and allow it to become a lamp unto your feet. I love you, church family. May God bless you.